Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by CoachMe Plus. CoachMe Plus is the leader in athlete management software and a product that we've been lucky enough to implement here for over two years now. The product in and of itself is exactly what you need it to be, guys, with options ranging from being a workout provider, as in sending the workout directly to the student-athlete's phones, to being a place where you can communicate with them and bring together multiple streams of data to be its own dashboard for you, your coaching staff, or the athletes. Or you can use what we've added to our, our menu of Coach Me Plus activities, and that's Hydration Station, where all of this information that is provided is based off of research from the Corey Stringer Institute, where we're looking at weighing in versus weighing out and then providing optimal hydration uh, strategies for the student-athletes by them selecting through the menu and tapping on what they'll take home with them and what they're consuming prior to the next practice um, when all the numbers at the top are lined up green. It's something we've had really good success with and the kids have really bought in on. Just another great example of the awesome product that you can find at coachmeplus.com. Guys, hop over to coachmeplus.com today and check it out. It's a product I guarantee you won't be disappointed with. Hey, everybody. If you enjoy the podcast and the content it provides, be sure to hop over and check out the community. The community is an exclusive members website that is just an extension of what we do here in July at the Central Virginia Sport Performance Seminar. What it is is a combination of video lectures, a coach's corner with your Monday morning take-home information, and a forum where you can talk about anything and everything related to the field of strength and conditioning. In the community, you'll find content added each month from some of the top practitioners in the world, ranging from PhDs to high-level coaches, bringing you exactly what they're doing with their athletes or their research at the present moment. On top of that, an additional discussion by coaches bringing you that Monday morning information, things that you can add to your training program right away. Tying that in with the opportunity to discuss with coaches around the world in the forum on anything and everything from the topics addressed in these presentations to whatever you're seeing in your daily life as a coach. If this sounds like the right thing for you and your staff, go ahead and hop over to cvasps.com community and try it out for 48 hours for just a dollar. If you like it, you're signed up, ready to roll, and you're jumping into all the great content added each month. If not, feel free to go ahead and cancel at any time. No questions asked. We're really excited about what we're building in the community and hope you are too. Go ahead and hop over to cvasps.com community and check it out today. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today, guys, I have the absolute pleasure of sitting down and talking with Matthew Ibrahim about dosing exercise, safety, and communication when we're training athletes who are in pain. Right now, Matthew is working um, at TD's Athletes Edge up in Boston, or excuse me, up in Massachusetts, and they are putting on a symposium slash workshop called Hip Hinge 101, and we kind of break that down, talk about all of it, where the idea came from, and what the goals are of the class. After that, we get into the whole idea of the hip hinge and some kind of troubleshooting slash frequently seen issues uh, that, that Matthew has with his clients that he's working with, both athletes and some gen pop people. I mean, he gets into like step-by-step -step breaking down like how to move forward and how to progress and how to correct things. It's really, really an awesome talk, guys. I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. Let's get right to it. Matthew, thank you so much for being on with us today, bud. 
Jay, brother, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. So listen, let's give uh, let's give people just a quick background as to where you are and what you're doing, so we can get into the meat and potatoes here. That's what I love. So, so for me, uh, you know, background like everyone else, an exercise science undergraduate degree. Kind of messed around, didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, I, I, I was lucky enough to get an internship at Mike Boyle's. Um, it was a good kind of kick in the face for me because I, I was awful. <laughs> and so it was good. It kind of brought me to some realization. I got my, you know, my CPT. I was training some clients, you know, certified trainer or whatnot, um, getting as much experience as I could. And I ended up taking a liking to kind of the rehabilitative side and the physical therapy side. So I was like, all right, let me try to go to school for that. Um, Grades were not that good. <laughs> and, you know, I wasn't as driven as I am now and didn't have that fire lit, so to speak. And so by the time I, I was applying for doctor of PT schools and whatnot, you know, it, it didn't matter at that point. I, t- I took a year after school after I graduated undergrad. You know, I was taking night courses, community colleges. I was still interning at Boyle's. I was uh, working as a, as a physical therapy rehab aide at, at a clinic. Um, and then I ended up working at other performance training centers locally, still training clients out of my garage, kind of doing whatever I could, still in the rehab setting. You know, two years of that went by, didn't get in, didn't get in. And so the third time around, I was, I was like, okay, like, let me have a, let me have a backup plan. This isn't working. So I, I did not get in the third year in a row, but I got into a couple of master's programs. And then I was like, you know, what? Uh, like, I don't know if I want to do the masters right now. I, I, I kind of think it would be always, it would always be available to me. So let me push it off for a moment. And, uh, I ended up finding this guy. It's the room I'm in now. It's, uh, it's at Boston physical therapy and wellness in Medford, about 10 minutes, uh, South of, Bo- uh, South of Boston. And, I uh, you know, he took me on, I was, you know, he just opened up a PT clinic, but he, I was like, all right, this guy's got some kettlebells, some barbell stuff, some, you know, pull up bars. He got some gym stuff going. Maybe I can, maybe I can rock with that. Um, and so I started working here, doing all the initial assessments, working locally at the high school with all the athletes. So training all, all the sports performance stuff, taking some uh, semi-private training clients here, mostly gen pop. And I was like, look, you know, I have this kind of this, obviously I'm an S- a strength coach, performance coach, whatnot since 2009. But since 2011, I've been working in a rehab setting as well, like sports rehab, sports medicine, stuff like that. I'm like, how do I express that tool? Uh, being able to understand the lens of a, of a healthcare practitioner, rehab professional, if you will, but understanding there's a line of integrity, knowing my scope, I, I can use kind of, for lack of a better term, I, I understand the injury prevention, you know, protocols or the corrective strategies, if you will. And I'm throwing air quotes up because I don't really use those terms, but I think for the general lay public, they'll get it. So utilizing my rehab lens within a strength coach setting, and obviously knowing when to pump the ball back to the rehab professional. Meaning if, so, if something's out of my scope, line of integrity, give it back to the PT or the rehab professional, and they'll punt it back when, when, when we're ready. So I took it on knowing that, you know, how do, I, how do I put a letter next to that? How do I write that in the bio? So I ended up going to license of massage therapy school for one year, graduated about a year and a half ago. And the thought process was I'll use this from a, from a sports rehab um, setting, meaning I'm not going to be doing one hour massage with candlelit, you know, uh, lights closed, but you know, by no means what am I discrediting that? I just, it's not what I wanted to utilize that tool for. I got my LMT, uh, you know, I was doing mostly like, you know, one hour treatments and a quick, quick localized assessment, some hands-on manual therapy, and then some, you know, exercise to load it up. Cause the goal is to, to train and to lift and to exercise, and to move, mm-hmm. um, not to spend two, you know, come once a week for the, you know, I'm not looking to do those type of things. And so it was working well, but to be honest with you, Jay, like not my cup of tea. 
Um, so I am still licensed. I'll, I'll continue to keep that license and pay for the license. Sure. And sure. I may use it. Like if a client comes in, a training client says, Hey, you know, my neck's been kind of jacked up, whatnot. And if I deem it necessary to use a quick, quick one or two minute soft tissue manual therapy uh, tool, one or two quick minutes, and then let's go train. I, I will, but predominantly speaking, I don't really use it that often. It's just a tool that I have access to. Um, and so, you know, I've worked in this facility now for the past few years. It's been great. It's been fun. Um, uh, I just took a took an opportunity with Tim D. Francesco of TD Athletes Edge, and so we're running shop in a in a in a place about 30 minutes north of Boston. Um, training facility, performance training, doing all assessments, semi-private training. So I'm the lead performance coach of TD Athletes Edge, um, and that's going to be a fun opportunity because I've known Timmy uh, for the past three or four years through a mutual client connection. And um, he's been a great mentor to me, great friend. And when he said, you know, once he had finalized his kind of resignation with the Lakers, uh, he's been there for the past six years as a head strength coach. Mm -hmm. He had left and he's like, look, I'm coming back to town. I'm like, all right, let's go. You know, let's make it happen. So um, there's some long-term stuff that might come into fruition um, with the clinic as well as TD at this edge. But for now, uh, running shop with, with, with TD at this edge. And that's going to be fun. We look forward to it because – um, the big thing with that, and I'm sure you can attest, and most people that, that would be listening and watching can attest, is that, like, look, whether it's a client, a patient, an athlete, it doesn't matter. We're all human beings, and it's just a matter of, you know, what exercise dosage or intensity or volume you need per your specific goal. So in my opinion, every single human being is an athlete, and every athlete is human being. So that's how I think we should look at things, and, you know, it's just it's just a matter of scaling. You know what I mean? Same thing with rehab, rehab and training. Sure two ends of the spectrum, two different ends. And they're, they are, they are different, but in essence, they are on the same spectrum. Meaning, you know, it's just, it just comes down to intensity, dosage and other, you know, specific protocols. But at the end of the day, we're prescribing exercise as the means of medicine to get this person better, to heal, if you will, and then get back to your performance, get back to fitness, get back to physical activity, get back to training, get back to your sport. So in my opinion, you know, I think, by no means, I am not a physical therapist. I get asked that question a lot just because based on the content I put out. But I think my background in the in the sports rehab setting, being able to utilize that rehab lens, that kind of that movement based lens, aids aids in my ability to kind of be be a better strength coach and kind of see things, break them down, and kind of know when to properly administer a progression, a regression, or a lateralization with with the with the good reason as to why I'm doing it, not just because it, it looks sexy, um, but you know, in my opinion, the most important thing, and if people want to talk research, they can, but the most important thing that gets people better, whatever their goal is, relatively speaking, is strength, like training. At the end of the day, strength training, in my opinion, is is the easiest, simplest uh, selling tool, if you will, but it gets people better. It gets them gets them stronger, gets them, you know, not, not just from a physical standpoint, Jay, like from a mental standpoint as well. So, you know, if you can load someone up, we're going to load them up in, in a safe and effective manner for long-term health. And as long as we're keeping that 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 notion in mind of minimum effective dosage for maximum effective outcome, like what's going to get them to that goal the quickest, the simplest, and the safest, then then I'm all for it. So that's kind of my background in a in a long winded nutshell. No, and there's some awesome stuff, but it's going to lead right into this question, which is talking about you know using things and you know the minimal dose and doing the right amount at the right time and this and that. You guys are teaching some things about that. So let's get into that hip hinge 101. You know where the idea came from, what exactly you guys are are doing, and, and how this kind of evolved. 
Great question. So, and thank you for asking. So the clinic I'm at now, so the, the room that I'm in at Boston PT and wellness, um, we, we, uh, the, the boss, Dave, he hired Zach Gabor about, I say about two, uh, about a year and a half ago. And Zach and I had been friends for, for a few years leading up to that. Zach was at the time, uh, you know, a DPT student. He was a strength coach as well. And, you know, he wasn't one of those PTs who just get the CSCS to say they're a strength coach. He was actually training clients, which I had respect for, obviously. Mm -hmm. And he reached out to me initially via an email. And I'm big on punctuation grammar. And I'm like, wow, this is a really damn, a damn good email. And, he, and you could just, you could, you could feel the passion oozing through the screen. And I was like, all right, I got to hit this cat up. And so we got on a call and we just, I mean, we, we, we got along so well, you know, like, P, like PB and J, if you will. And, you know, he would come out and visit me at the gym. You know, I would go out and visit him. And that kind of led to us saying, like, look, you're done with school, man. I'd love for you to come work to Bo in Boston. So I don't know if, if it's maybe I cajoled or kind of shoved or forced, but I made it known that, you know, I wanted my boss at the time to say, hey, like, this kid, he's, he's going to be a freaking stud, man. You got you to gotta bring him on board because he possesses skills where, sure, he's great from an orthopedic standpoint, but he understands the, the importance of loading and SNC and training. And so he brought him on board and, you know, we were having clients where I was training them and it's all in the same room, Jay. So like you could see it. So he'd be treating someone on the table. I'd be training someone. And, you know, we had this mutual client thing with some low back problems. Go figure, right? Like 80% of the population at one point or another deals with low back problems. That's a staggering number that we can, we can help mitigate. Like you can help mitigate that by proper coaching, instruction, education, empowerment, in my opinion, and guidance. And so we were working together and we were like, shit, man, we're seeing a lot of low back stuff i mean go figure right and so we're like you know if you ask someone to squat like during an assessment all right jay like show me a squat more often than not you most people know what a squat is now granted sure you're gonna, you, you might see the heels fly off you might see the knees caving in but more more often than not you'll they'll know relatively speaking what a squat is if i say do a hip hinge you're like what does that mean like the, the hinge in the door like what are we talking about so so you know, we were like, all right, maybe, maybe there's something here. And so we often see people and workshops happen where it's, it's, you know, the powerlifting workshop, the big three. And I think those are awesome. I love them. Mm -hmm. But I think, I truly believe you can spend a lot of time on one topic. And so we started by rolling out with a four hour workshop, like a half day. And boy, did, were we, we surprised ourselves. And so we did the first one. We, you know, we sent, oh, thank you so much to the attendees. We had like 15 people show up, I think. Thank you so much. Like, how can we make it better? Like we had a questionnaire and like, they were like, make it longer, make it longer. We're like, okay, like that's 15 people saying, make it longer. Maybe we should listen to them. So we kind of curated it. We spent, I mean, we, at this point we've spent, I, I don't know, like at least a hundred plus, 200 plus hours on the content, revising, editing. We're always meeting about it. Um, we've been doing this since May of, May of 16. So it, it, it's been, a, been, been about, about a year and a half. We've done, we've done about 10. We've had about, uh, about five booked out. And so we, we, we advance it to a full day. And we're like, all right, let's test this out. Let's see how this rolls. And people, people seem to enjoy it. So, okay, cool. Like, again, how can we make it better? What can we do? So in a nutshell, our Hip Hinge 101 workshop, which is now accredited through the NSCA and the NAT and NASM, so two governing bodies in our field that, you know, people are certified through. So we figured it'd be important to, you know, provide CEUs for people because they have to get them anyways. And, you know, if we can make our workshop more appeasing to the eye and more helpful for, for, for coaches and trainers in the field we, we'd love to help do that so we got accredited through those governing bodies and so you know it the way we run it is we open up and and you know we talk about kind of what i'm talking about now like this anecdotal story like hey we had a couple clients with it and we figured it was something cool to talk about 
we did not expect it to turn into what it's into now. And so, you know, we open up talking about kind of anecdotal, the importance of low back health. Zach will, will hit us with some, some period, you know, some journals, some articles and whatnot, because people look, you need to get started to get a credit. You kind of have to have some of the, the literature. So we did that. And then we open up with, you know, load management and training intelligently around injury. And, th- and that's, that's the big one because, you know, sure. We have a lot of PTs coming to our courses, ATCs, Kairos, LMTs. We have a lot more strength coaches and personal trainers and fitness professionals come. And so we try to explain, like, look, like, you know, this whole notion of pain science, like all the training around injuries, all it comes down to is proper dosage, right? Safety and just communicating with the client, the person in front of you. And so that's what we try to preach. And so after that, um, he'll, he'll break down some of the kind of the hip hinge, like the continuum of, of what it looks like. It doesn't always have to be a conventional deadlift. It can be a broad jump. It can be a kettlebell swing. It can be a single leg deadlift. It can be an RDL. It can be a trap bar sumo so on and so forth we're not trying to trying to put people in, in in one bucket so to speak and so after that he does a live kind of an assessment that anyone can do it's not like oh we're gonna do some pt special tests it's none of that none of that bullshit it's more of like some simple hip range of motion stuff some simple trunk trunk stability stuff like basic stuff that we should all be able to do and all credit all credential to do um after that do a quick little lunch break and then i come through in the afternoon and go over like uh, bracing, breathing, and, 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 and spinal stiffness mechanics and how to set your spine up to protect your back for long-term pain-free deadlifting. I think, I think that's the most important thing we're looking at. Sure, pain-free is probably a buzzword, but mm. we really, we're really looking for that. We're looking for, you know, and deadlifting can mean many things to many people. Like, it doesn't always have to be look like, you know, I'm a 600-plus I'm a 600, 600 po- uh, pound powerlifter, deadlifter. Here we go. Great. That's definitely an audience we talk to as well, but Predominantly speaking, we're teaching people how to protect their back for long-term health, and you should be able to lift weight off the floor, long-term, pain-free for the long term. Whether that's a 600-pound conventional barbell deadlift, whether it's a trap bar, whether it's picking your baby off the ground, whether it's taking, you know, putting taking the the, the clothes out of the washer and putting them in the dryer, dishwasher, so on and so forth. Like low back pain in association with hip hinge mechanics and deadlifting, they should work in concert, and you should be healthy long-term. And protecting your spine and all these good things. So um, after that, you know, after the kind of the, the spinal stiffness and, and protecting your back, we talk about some of the some of the using a performance language. Meaning, and you know, like like you're a strength coach, and let's say you have an ATC on staff, being able to speak the same language and yeah. and, and get along with each other, but also communicate in such a way that sure you can talk science back and forth from the the sports med professional and the, and the sports performance you know training professional. But when you when you talk to the human in front of you, like the client, the athlete, the patient, the human being, like dumb that shit down. Like they don't care if their C7 is out of a line. Like, hey man, your neck's all jacked up. No problem. We'll get you, we'll get you fixed. All good. Or like we're gonna work on some of that that left leg strength. No problem. Okay. Not like oh man, you're really weak, man. You're uh you, you know your spine's gonna gonna shoot out the back like a uh, like toothpaste coming out of, out of the toothpaste bottle. Mm-hmm. Like chill out with the language, you know. So using simple context based language. Um, that's digestible for, for the person in front of you and not kind of speaking over them and building buy-in, building a relationship, you know, connecting with them, um, which I think is, is the most important thing that helps overall build a community and a culture, um, all within the context of, of, you know, low back pain and delicate and all that stuff. And then um, after that, we go over a specific, like a starting point from hip hinge, like a glute bridge, so to speak, and then how you advance to the next level of deadlifting and hip hinge exercises. And then at which point, 
you know, there's three buckets, right? And you have to choose whether you're a, a, a general population client or a lifestyle athlete, as I like to talk about, or you're a, a, a linear athlete, meaning you're a power lifter. You only have three lifts to focus on, or you're uh, a, a, a more broader athlete, like a, a basketball player, a soccer player, a volleyball player. The reason I differentiate linear to broader, meaning, well, I have more moving, movement mm-hmm. variability and variance if I'm, a, if I'm a basketball player or volleyball, soccer, hockey, football, so on and so forth. Whereas in powerlifting, I mean, it literally is straightforward. So once you understand which bucket you are in, right, which, you know, at the course, you know, okay, I'm, um, I like powerlifting. Okay, you're in the powerlifting bucket. If I'm a general pop, I'm just going for long-term health and longevity and, and spinal resilience. and I'm not trying to get hurt. Okay, cool. Go in the gen pop bucket. And then from there, you, you pick, like when we have the deadlift party, so to speak, and by no means are we going for PRs. We're trying to apply the tools we've taught from a, a sports performance and sports medicine standpoint so they can coach each other up, break out in groups. Okay, I'm going to conventional. I'm going to sumo. I'm going to elevate. I'm going to block pull. I'm going to RDL. I'm going to I'm going to trap bar. And then do that and let's meet. Let's talk about it. Let's have breakouts. And every hour within the workshop we do breakouts and we talk. And at the end of the day, the, the hope is that they can leave with at least one golden nugget and that makes us happy. And so that's kind of the standard we hold ourselves to. And so um, we, we got one coming up this weekend, this Sunday in, in Vermont. We got one coming up in California in about a month. And then the two days prior to that, we're doing one at a private facility out there in Cali, just like an in-service. And then another one's going to be at a university. So we're happy about that. We're we're super pumped for that, hoping we can spread into the university setting. Um, And then next year, we just secured dates. Um, One day, it's going to be in Italy, Milan, Italy. Um, One is going to be in Maryland. And then one's going to be in Southern California. So we're looking forward to it. We we love teaching, educating. But at the same time, kind of like you and I talked about before, is that we're looking to learn too. Like we want to get better. And if we can find ways to better serve the community and help the field as a whole grow, we're going to do that. So that that's kind of our mission and our goal with the workshops. Yeah. And that's awesome, man. Especially how it, it's kind of, you know, developed and evolved from you guys working together in the clinic. So I guess then my question would be what were slash are some common issues that you guys see with people coming in? Mm-hmm. that like it is kind of like uh i don't know what the word is like pain like, points well or like you just see people do stuff and you see it all the time and you're just like it's like a face palm you know it's like yeah. what like you know like <laughs> there's an emoji i swear it's, there's an emoji doing yeah. something like that yeah. or, or a, a gif i think it's called a gif a, G, a gif or something like that right no but like 100 yeah. percent. but like you know yeah. like when we get kids in like and we're teaching this. Like, there's some things we see. I would just be interested to see if there's any more yeah. that you would see around it too. Yeah, absolutely. So that's a great question, and we get that a lot at the course. Like, we'll, we'll we will get the question like, "So you're gonna talk about the deadlift for eight hours?" We're like, "Yeah, we're sure as hell we're gonna do that." And so, and so to me, it's a pu- it's a puzzle, and you have to put the puzzle pieces together nice and neat. So, I mean, common issues we see, right? So you see lack of. Of, of rib cage control. I'm flaring the ribs when I deadlift it up. So I'm sitting in a, in a, in a massive uh, extended, you know, spine, spinal extended pattern, right? I have never, ever seen someone, whether it's, it's elite powerlifting, sport, you know, I play a sport or gen pop, get away with their deadlift for long-term pain-free health, right? They're not getting hurt when they use this excessively arched pattern in the entirety of the deadlift. I've never seen them getting away with it. If you even look at the research with Stuart McGill will go there because, number one, 
he's, a, he's obviously the spine expert in the world, but number two, his mustache is tremendous. And that, that cannot be <laughs> understated. So if you need to look at his research and the research that other people have done the literature, I know it's, it's good every time. You'll, you'll see he's even written it like a, a slightly flexed spine. It, 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 look at people, look at, look at strongmen the, when they lift the atlas. Mm-hmm. One of the mechanisms to get it is to really round the back to get it up. And then, sure, they use extension to get it over, over the, the mountain or whatever it is. But they use an excess, a, a certain amount of flexion based on their individual spinal patterns to get the, the load up. And so if you think, I mean, you, we've never really seen a human being get away long term without get, we're pissing the lower back off using an excessively arched or extended back. So what we, what we opt to, to, to work for is usually if you can get – if you can kind of kill two birds with one stone, you'll do that. So in this case, rib control, rib cage control, right, mm-hmm. neutral spine, if you will, which there is no such thing as neutral spine. It's a range of motion. It's relative, but neutral-ish, I'll call it, or, or somewhere in the middle between extended and flexed. If you, can, you can alleviate some of the rib, rib control problems and, and lower back kind of lumbar control, like pelvis control problems, if you simply give them a trunk stability drill. Simplest input to me is a plank like a hard style plank elbows on the ground, make fists, create tension, drive the elbows down toward your feet, a good, uh, stable spine position that you deem necessary. You being the individual client, hold it, breathe, breathe, hold it 10 seconds, squeeze everything, squeeze everything. What should, where should I feel this everywhere? Squeeze 10 seconds. Done. Cool. Was that hard? Yeah, it was pretty tense. Okay, great. That's how your spine should be when you deadlift because you're protecting your back. And so that's something we often deal with. Um, if you see a lack of, I guess, knee control, if you will, I mean, look, the knee is dumb. If, if there are three flights, if there are three floors in a building, right? So first floor, the ankle joint, second floor, the knee joint, third floor, the hip joint. At the end of the day, the knee joint is dumb. The knee joint does what the, what the floor above, meaning the hip joint or the floor below the ankle joint tells it to do. So and if we're talking specific to the deadlift, we're going to focus on the hips. Now we're talking squat, obviously ankles come into play more, but more often than not, we're talking the hips when it comes to deadlift. So if we can, you know, maybe it's a, maybe it's a, a side, a side, a sideline plank in a clamshell. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a maybe it's a side plank with a, with a, a, a hip abduction, a hip raise, if you will. Something that's going to really target the glutes, glute med, kind of the the entire glute posterior chain structure, if you will, to help work on that knee control. Mm-hmm. Um, so, stuff we see that you know that often gets kind of under underlooked is like, well, there uh, a clients or a human beings inability to sit back into the hips, meaning to hinge their their butt back toward the wall behind them. Like your hamstrings are not going to fly off. You're going to be okay. Like it's, you're not going to die. And so I think teaching that hinge pattern, loading the hamstrings, it may even be, you know, lack of, of hamstring like conditioning, meaning it's inability to withstand the load. You can isolate the hammies, whether it's a glute ham raise, Nordic hamstring curl, you know, fizzy ball hamstring curl, and then advance it to more of the, the straight leg or the, or the barbell RDL stuff. Um, you may see someone's in, inability to develop the upper back. You know, you look at someone like Chris Duffin or a very, very heavy, heavy deadlifter. I'm talking 800, 900, 1,000 uh, plus pounds. You look at their back like they're yoked. And that doesn't happen by accident. And so I think people often overlook the importance of upper back development and its, it, its relationship with a heavy deadlift. And so I think we need to really work on, you know, some people lack, you know, I've got to, I got to 405. I can't get any heavier. I'm like, Bro, like, let's get some, some isolated upper backs up or some rowing or some pulling. It may be barbell bent over rows, maybe seal rows, maybe, you know, one arm DB rows, heavy stuff. We need to, we need to kind of overload and get that upper back strong so you can, you know, withstand the load. And then attached to that, and this is kind of attached to trunk stability as well, when we think trunk, we think, okay, six, six pack, we think abs, we think core. I think we all miss the boat when it comes to the lats. 
you look at you look at the lats, right? I'm not trying to get sciencey here at all. What I'm saying is it starts in the low back and it ends right under the armpit. That's a freaking long spanning wide surface area muscle. I probably want to utilize that to my advantage when I pick a bar that's heavy off the ground. So do we want lat stiffness? Well, hell, hell yeah, we do. Do we want to be able to protect our back? Well, hell yeah, we do. We'll use that sucker because, you know, if someone is say to me, say to me, oh, hey, look, like is, is breathing important? Well, hell yeah, it is. I mean, you breathe upwards of, I forget the exact number, but upwards of close to 8 million times a year on average. And there's, there's a stat to back it up. I don't know where it is, but I've seen it. It's in our workshop. I can give it, I can give it the literature if you want, but that's a lot of times, man. So like, we're not going to breathe for 60 minutes. Don't worry. We're not a breathing coach. We're a strength coach here and performance based. So what we're going to do is make the shit that you do better with enhance by utilizing breathing. So mm-hmm. it may be inhale, exhale, something from a breathing bracing standpoint to enhance your overall stiffness, to protect your back, to lift that shit off the ground and to, and to do it repetitively over time and to, and to mitigate the likelihood of injury for long-term pain for deadlift. So those are some of the issues we, we see. And I, like, I know this and we know this. These are super simple things here. Like none of this stuff is complex or comprehensive, but it's important. And I think a lot of people miss the boat on it. And that's why we harp on it. And that's why we spend so much, spend a full day talking about it because these are simple things here. We're not like, you know, the we're not the smartest guys in the world, but we do know this is important and we do know we're working toward providing simple digestible systematic approaches for people so that number one if you're if you're just a client or an athlete like okay cool i'll work on that thank you appreciate it or if you're actually a professional in the field whether a coach a trainer a clinician or a practitioner you can apply these simple tools immediately the day after so those are some of the issues we see and we fall into um and like i said quick simple fixes but it, it takes a consistent effort like everything does in the gym and in training no no doubt about it and i think that Combining those two things, uh, the like the practical scientific knowledge based stuff that people like us love mm-hmm. is extremely important. Is also allowing them to have like that Monday morning type stuff that they can walk away and just roll right into whatever it may be they're doing with their next athlete, client, person, whatever they're doing. Yeah. And that's our thing, like, you know, initially we did the first one, we were like, okay, like maybe we need it because we'll always self, self, you know, look at it, right? Self-review, right? And say, hey, like, how can we make this better? And we'll, we'll, we'll kind of, Zach and I will grade each other and like, hey, like, what can we do to make this better? When I was speaking, what did you notice? When you were speaking, what did I notice? And so we're constantly trying to make it better. And the biggest number one thing is this. We're just shooting the shit, man. Like, we're sure, it's a workshop. It's formalized on paper and you're getting the CEUs. But like, look, man, like, we're, we're just trying to provide a simple educational tool for you. We're trying to have fun with you, make it seamless, make it, you know, systematic for you, but have fun in the process. And, and we keep it light, man. We keep it flexible. We keep it light. We're not going to come out there. Okay. Lecture number one, follow the PowerPoint. Like we, we have a PowerPoint that's like, I think it's a buck 89, a buck 90, buck 91 slides deep. We spend the majority of our time just talking and elaborating on, on the topics. We don't, have that many words. I mean, we just try to make it simple and digestible for, for the for the end user. We're not trying to speak over the heads or talk scientific jargon. You know, there are certain terms you have to utilize, but for the most part, we're trying to make make sure it is digestible and is received well by the end user. And so, you know, we keep it simple. We think the topic is simple, but the reason why we feel it's so important to spend a full day on it is that I mean, it, it, it's attached to a very important thing. Like low, low back pain is in every population. 
So if we can we can help to mitigate that, we're not preventing injury here. No one is. It's it's you can't. But if you can help reduce the likelihood and, and, and try to mitigate and make people more educated, inform, and empower them, I think I think you know hopefully we can make a dent at some point in the industry. Yeah. No. A hundred percent. And I think another awesome way that you're doing that is with this guy right here on the <laughs> on the social media aspect where you are kicking out all sorts of freaking awesome content. Appreciate uh, it. Let's make sure people know where they can find you and what they should be doing following you on Instagram and, and what you know what you have going on there because there's a lot of a lot of really, really good stuff out there, Matt. Appreciate it, man. Yeah. So, I mean, to be quite frank, like uh, a few years back, I noticed not many people in our field were, 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 were on Instagram. You see Facebook, you see Twitter. Um, and I was like, okay, like this whole Instagram thing is kind of, it's kind of interesting. I'll go on. And initially, like I was just going on, just kind of, you know, posting a picture of, of, of this coffee or posting a picture of my girlfriend or posting a picture, whatever, just having fun with it, you know? And then I ended up kind of reframing my process and, okay, like, let me try to use it from a professional standpoint. Maybe you want to call it a marketing tool, a network. I don't know. For me, I just use it to reach people, interact. Like that's my, that those and build relationships. That's important to me. So I'm like, how can I do that and educate? So, okay. I just started pumping out content. I had a blog. I don't, I don't do it anymore. You know, I heard a couple years back at a seminar, Instagram is the new article or the new blog. I was like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. That person's really smart. Let me roll with that. So whether it's a picture and allocated with words underneath, so maybe that, maybe you call that an article, maybe you don't. Um, you can throw emojis in if you want to. I think sometimes it helps the end user see it and become more visual. Uh, visual. Um, you know, videos of exercises, uh, videos of demonstrations. Um, you know, things that, you know, that on top of my head, maybe a quote I found from someone in the field, I think it's great. And I'll put that up and I'll tag them and I'll, I'll show appreciation toward them or you know, give them credit. Um, to me, it's just trying to provide education and, and simple, simple ways to do things, whether it's an exercise video, a demonstration, a movement, um, a thought, a quote or something that, you know, uh, an image I put up, it just really kind of comes off the top of the head, kind of off the hip type stuff. And so, um, you know, I get, I get asked a lot, like, do you like, do you plan that out? And I'm like, honestly, like I just go, I don't have any structure or plan to it. I just kind of just post. Now I do know a lot of people in our field that do a damn good job of having a plan, having a structure, having a schedule and all they post educational stuff. I think it's fantastic. Uh, for me though, like I want to, I want people to know, Hey, look, I'm a human being too. Like, sure. I'll post a picture of my girlfriend here or there. I'll post a picture of some food I eat or, you know, I'm trying to come across as someone who's, who's relatable and open to connect. And I got to be honest with you, I, I, I thoroughly enjoy interacting with people on Instagram. As still as it may seem, it's social media. It's a free tool for, so, you know, marketing or whatever and kind of connecting. But damn, man, it connects a lot of people. There's, there's like, this is how we, Us, we met. So, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I think, I think if you use it properly, and, and you have a good intent behind what you're doing and you're trying to help others succeed and get better in the field and grow and develop and you're open to learning as well, I think it can be a, a smart tool to utilize to get better. And so um, where you can find me on there, it's simple. It's, it's the at sign, my first name, Matthew, my last name, Ibrahim, and then, and then one underscore. I tried to get it so I didn't have the underscore, but someone else took it. So dag nabbit, right? <laughs> yeah, crazy. Well, as Gary V says, man, it all goes down in the DM. I mean, unfortunately for some, you know, 
celebrities, uh, bad things go down in the DM at times. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I can't tell you how many people I've connected just because it's like, and people ask that all the time. They're like, where do you find these people? I'm like, bro, I just like hit them up on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And yeah. most people are like, dude, yeah, this is cool. And it's like, like, I don't know if you know this or not, but like most people aren't assholes. So like when you ask them a question, they're like, cool, man. Yeah. Let's talk about this stuff. Cause it's important to yeah. me too. So, uh, yeah. you know, it's so true. And like, it's funny because like, you know, you'll find people through other people that you respect and, and, and you, you see them as, okay, they're cut from the same cloth. They're speaking the same language. Like, like I found you through watching Corey, I hope I'm not butchering his last name, Corey Schlesinger from Stanford. I'm like, Oh, like, I was following Corey for a few months. I'm like, this guy's putting out some dope shit. Like, let me follow him. And I saw these on your podcast. I'm like, all right. So he and I got on a call. We reached out. We chatted. Super nice dude. And then I, then you and I connected. I was like, all right. Like, so that's how it happened. So you're following someone who you respect, and, and you, you see us putting out good stuff. And you're like, okay, like I can roll with that. And then they they kind of associate themselves with someone else. Like, okay, like maybe extend, maybe keep extending that network a bit and and building more relationships and friendships in the field. And so at the end of the day, like I think. The most important thing, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, <laughs> phone call, talking to someone, texting, I think we should all look toward bettering each other to ultimately better the field and 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 steer clear of that whole like this is the way we've we've always done it, kind of that linear one lane approach, which I think you know it takes away what, 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 from what we can all provide for for the end user, albeit the the human in front of us, the, the athlete, the patient, the client. So I feel like we should all work toward each other and, and build each other up. You know, coach to coach to, to to practitioner to clinician to anyone who's in healthcare, strength and conditioning, sport performance, fitness training, whatever, man. Like we're all in this together. So I think, you know, that's something that I I strive to be a part of, and hopefully I'm a part of that. And and you know, anytime I can get on a call with someone or interact or learn from them or just any way that I can grow and develop and get better myself and help others, I mean, sign me up every time. So that's kind of the biggest thing that that I hope um, we can all get to at some point. Um, and so, yeah, the, and, and you're seeing a lot of it, which is good. You're yes. see, sure you're seeing on social media. Sure. You're seeing it, you know, behind closed doors on, on phone calls, texts and emails and, and in person at workshops, seminars, conferences. And so the hope is that, you know, we can continue striving all together as one team in that direction. No doubt, man. And that's an absolutely fantastic point to leave it at. This is an absolutely killer talk, man. I, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to be with us today. Uh, we'll make sure we got all that social media stuff too in the notes because uh, you're putting out some killer stuff, bro. And truly appreciate everything you're doing. And again, thank you so much for the open and candidness today. I, I can't thank you enough. Appreciate your time. Appreciate you big time, Jay. Thank you so much. Yeah, man. We'll be in touch real soon. All right. Absolutely. And a huge thank you to Matthew Ibrahim for being so open, honest, and candid with us today. Guys, some awesome stuff. And you really do need to check him out at Matthew Ibrahim underscore on uh, on Instagram. He's putting out some great content. But but how awesome was that talk? The dude sitting here and just sharing open, honest, candid progressions, regressions, what they see with problems and how they correct them with you know what they're teaching, and that's the deadlift. Can't thank Matthew enough for being so open, honest, and candid today, guys. Uh, you know, I, I thought it was fantastic. And as always, guys, if you enjoyed the talk, please share it through the social media outlet of your choice. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it may be, just trying to get great information out to all the great coaches out there. And as always, guys, thank you for everything that you do for us here at Central Virginia Sport Performance. We will be back next week with another awesome guest. We will see you then.